Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about junk food, bunker diet, we have part one of our interview with Serena from Doncaster Street Hub. Welcome my friends to another edition of The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a girl who last week told me she's changed her name to Chicken Nuggets. It's Chicken Nuggets. And I'm joined by a man who's decided we're doing an impromptu bulk recording in the middle of my bagel. It's Chris <laughs> Well, I'm surprised you're not eating a chicken nugget, chicken nugget, as your name's now chicken nugget. <laughs> Do you want to chew that anymore? <laughs> chicken nuggets aren't actually my favourite thing from McDonald's. What What is your favourite thing from McDonald's? I don't know, but it's not chicken nuggets. I, you know what? I, I, genuinely, I've gone off McDonald's in a big way. I haven't had a McDonald's. I, I mean, I, I haven't had a McDonald's uh, any time in 2020. Um, probably, uh, probably had one McDonald's in 2019. So I used to love a McDonald's, um, but I just, I just don't, um, I just don't eat a lot of junk food anymore. Um, I'm obsessed with spinach and eggs and all that sort, all, all that sort of healthy stuff. You know, you know what my um, guilty pleasure is though, junk food wise, Greg's. Love a Greg's, absolutely adore a Greg's. Give me a steak bake, give me a Greg sausage roll, give me. <laughs> Why are you not running to Greg's right now? I'm saying, give me Greg's. Give me. I'm sorry, oh. I have my my own stuff to do today. Oh what? Well, you can't run to Greg's and get me a bread pudding. No, I I have my psychology homework to do today. Oh, okay. All right, you do that. Yeah. Um, but if, uh, if if anybody's out there who fancies running to Greg's me today, I mean, you won't listen to this until about three weeks later, but a Greg's <laughs> bread pudding is always welcome, isn't it? What's your favourite thing out of Greg's? Um, they do a nice hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah not bad. You're not... You're, you know, are you a big junk food aficionado? You're not, no, are you really? I don't... <laughs> I, I, just, I don't mind junk food. But the issue I have with Greg's is I don't like pastries that much. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. well, what am I going to get from Greg's other than pastries and warm drinks? But I don't really like pastries that much because they're crummy and they get down in your shirt. <laughs> is that is that what you're worried about? And your they fingers get, down get your dry shirt. and your mouth gets dry and it's just uh, not my thing. Would you, would you ban pastry? Is that what you do? No, because some pastry is nice. Okay. Um, like, uh, you know what's made out of pastry that I like? Pastry. Baklava. Mm. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a bit more about baklava. It's really sicklingly sweet. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's really nice. Yeah, you know what I like? Rum barber. Have you ever had a rum barber? No. It's like a donut just drizzled with honey. <laughs> Um, Ugh, with so cream and stuff like, like that. Sounds like my worst nightmare. And that cheesecake. Would you eat cheesecake? Oh, I love cheesecake. Yeah. I love cheesecake okay, so we can much. agree with cheesecake then. Oh, I love cheesecake so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, are you are you dribbling right now? If it were possible, I'd live off cheesecake, but it's not possible. So. Not nutritionally, really. I don't think there's that much nutritionally in cheesecake that would uh, sustain you for too long. Worth giving it a go, though, right? <laughs> yes! I mean, I, I'd, I'd definitely give it a tempt. You know, if if you are okay, unofficial question of the podcast, right? You are lot oh, this has gotta be a future question of the podcast. You are lot in a nuclear bunker. Mm-hmm. There's nuclear war going on uh, and you're locked in this bunker for what 
how long is the fallout? Let's say 10 years. Yeah. There's only one foodstuff, but cans or but packets, and, and, and it's in a form that will, it will never go off. So you've got 10 years worth. What one foodstuff are you going to eat for 10 years? Cheesecake. <laughs> Just imagine you coming out after eating cheesecake for 10 years. You look like you've been involved in a nuclear war. Cheesecake or bagels? Oh, I think bagels. I the think thing bagels. Is, if we're talking about mi- specifically one thing... Then just having the bagels isn't good enough. I want the cheese and the ham and the mustard that go inside. But obviously, if but you just... could have, you could have uh, you could have like a a, a wrap packed cheese ham mustard bagel if you want. Oh yeah, then definitely bagels. You 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 chucking cheesecake to the road. Uh, yeah. Okay. There's so... only so many flavors of cheesecake, but I can. No, you're get... only allowed one flavor. I could never get bored of a cheese, ham, mustard, bagel. Okay, fair enough. So cheese, ham and mustard, bagel. How long do you reckon it would take, morning, noon and night, of eating cheese, ham and mustard, bagels for you to get bored of a cheese, ham and mustard, bagel? Considering I've been pretty much eating only bagels for breakfast (laughs) for about four months. But but no, that's different, isn't it? Because it's just for breakfast. You get a bit of variety in your diet, don't you? If you're eating it every... Single. I mean, number one, you'd look like a bagel. Um, but number two, where no, does that I, phrase I, I, come I, I from? I just do squats in the in my bunker. <laughs> Hope for the best. <laughs> Sorry, is that your exercise routine? <laughs> Every like. Uh, Would you rather I go to the surface and run away from monsters for some cardio? Maybe, maybe that's a good move. I mean, you'd have to sort of try and avoid the nuclear fallout, and I think that's difficult to do. But, uh, I mean, you've picked two rather extreme scenarios there. You're either running in a nuclear wasteland, fallout style, or you're just doing squats. I mean, you could have done squats, push-ups, a burpee, a ski jump. Uh, None of that, just squats. Uh, I could do some yoga. That's very intense on some of the lower muscles. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So squats and yoga, or yep. just squats? Squats and yoga. Okay. If you could only do one exercise, what would it be? Yoga. <laughs> yoga. Get rid of yeah. the squats. Yeah. I take downward dog over squats any day of the week. Okay, fair enough. Can't really do a but downward dog, but I take it over squats any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> but you're quite flexible anyway, aren't you? Yeah, I am. So, like, yoga, yoga's quite sort of good for you, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, on that note, can you let people know where they can get in touch with us righto so we have a twitter at all kindness and we have a facebook which is if you type the kindness question into the search bar it should be the first thing that comes up by now i think how many years into this are we anyway the website is www.thekindnessproject.co.uk and the email is all at thekindnessproject.co.uk if you were listening to previous ep- episodes you know that our myspace got taken down um for undisclosed- <laughs> Shh, don't talk about the photos for Do undisclosed not- reasons um- <laughs> oh you threw me under a bus uh, it was because there was some there was some very dodgy photos of charlotte that she doesn't like talking about to clear some things up, we've never had a MySpace, and this is just going to be an ongoing joke that you have to put up with now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? If people are listening, and bear in mind that we've got quite a lot of listeners now, um, they, they know what we're uh, yes. like. 
so yeah. they're, they're ready for, to tolerate our jokes. Just like, we don't, we've never had a MySpace, and if you've listened to previous episodes, you know we don't have a MySpace. I feel like I have to clear that up. And otherwise if, if we have got MySpace, we don't know about it. <laughs> and, and actually... Please don't start random MySpace for us. start a fanfic MySpace. That would mean we've actually made it, wouldn't it? Yeah, start a fan page for us. And, yeah, a MySpace fan, fan, fan page would be amazing. Uh, that, I mean, that, I don't know anyone who uses MySpace anymore, but go for it. Have fun. I think MySpace still exists in one form or another, though. No one uses it, though. <laughs> it's just a bunch of old deactivated accounts from, like, the people who were 13 when I was coming out of the womb. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. How dare you use MySpace as a important term? I mean, you're... I mean, the weird thing is, you are a bit of a... And this is one that I don't use. You're a Discord fan, aren't you? Can you explain what Discord is? To uh, me? So it's basically it's just a it's a it's chat, like a forum. It's just a forum chat thing. So I'm part of some forums and we just talk about like podcast stuff because I don't know podcast stuff. You've got a podcast? Not that podcast stuff. Oh. Like not uh, like fiction podcasts. Um, because uh, like I don't know anyone in real life who likes podcasts. Are you joking? I don't know anyone in real life who likes fiction podcasts. Like, really? And like, see, I, 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 I've struggled a bit to get into fiction podcasts. Yeah. Um, I love a documentary podcast. I love um, a comedy podcast. Um, I don't know what we are. Are we a documentary? I believe we're noted under philosophical. Now, that is weird, isn't it? I mean, I know we ask some interesting philosophical questions, but I wouldn't call us philosophical. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. Number one philosophical podcast in Kuwait, by the way. <laughs> um, anyway, the question of the podcast that we uh, always ask every week, um, and we uh, we ask pretty consistently, is what pizza topping should be included every time on a pizza, and what pizza topping should be banned? What would what, you reckon on that one? Um, I I like. Sweet corn. Sweet corn, yeah. But it has no nutrition. Every time on sweet corn. Every, no, it has every... no nutritional value. There's no point in it in it being on anything. There's no point eating it, but it's just enjoyable. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a pointless food. <laughs> but it's like, eating fast food is pointless, but you enjoy it, so you do it. You don't enjoy no, it. You, no, you but know generally what? generally as a concept, people enjoy fast food. You know what? Eating fast food is gives you a short-term buzz doesn't it because typically fast foods either got loads of fat loads of salt or loads of sugar in mm. and actually it serves a purpose because it gives you a you know uh, a short-term boost of energy the problem with, with too much fast food you know you know what everything in balance and everything in moderation but the problem is with too much fast food is um it's impacts on your body. <laughs> so, okay, it has let, an impact okay. on your body. Let me use a different analogy then. It's like TV. We don't need to watch TV. It's like tuberculosis. <laughs> no, TV, television. Oh, right. We don't need to watch TV, but we enjoy it, so we do it. That's what sweet corn is like. We don't need sweet corn. It holds no value. But we eat anyway. Yeah, but TV doesn't go through the entire body and come out in the, the other end in the same format. <laughs> <laughs> I consume TV and then interpret it into a positive emotion. I don't do that with sweet corn. <laughs> How can you interpret sweet corn into a positive emotion? I can't. I can't. That's the point. I can, my I, can inter- I can interpret a Greg's 
bread, bread and butter pudding into a positive emotion. Mmm, tasty. And mm, I'm getting a bit of a sugar rush. Sweet, cool, straight in, straight out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, no. <laughs> straight in. Straight out, straight through. Um, on that, <laughs> shouldn't it be straight in, straight through, straight out? Yeah, wasn't as funny though, so I didn't say that. <laughs> on that note, the official question of the podcast, as a little reminder, after that little uh, wander down sweet straight corn in, alley, straight through, straight out. <laughs> How'd you get through sweet corn alley? Straight in, straight, straight through, through, straight, straight out. out. Um, after that little one, the t-shirt now. <laughs> Take me down to a sweet corn alley. No. Um, uh, is what pizza topping should be included every time and what pizza topping should be banned? Before we go on the show, let's talk about uh, fish on a pizza. Because I don't mind an anchovy. I don't, I don't mind an anchovy. I like fish. Okay, we agree on that one. Yeah. How are we feeling about pineapple? I like pineapple. See, the problem is with both of us is we eat virtually everything, don't we? Yeah. So I don't think I'd ban any pizza toppings. No. What's that one thing we ate when we were away and both of us tried it and we're just like, no, we're never eating this again. Oh. Sea urchin. Oh, that never was Never again. That, that that was awful. See, if they put the sea urchin on a pizza, that would that would not be. For I'd me. have to scrape the sea urchin off and just eat the base. <laughs> and just like, or ask for another pizza. No, no, we're not wasting a pizza. We just take the sea urchin off. But I've got a feeling, Charlotte, that, that pizza are not going to turn around one day and turn around and go. You know what we need to put on a pizza? Let's have a, let's do a sea urchin special and, and make sure we're going to do that. Um, and on I that note, salmon on pizza. I think you could put salmon on pizza. I mean, you could. Literally, you could put anything on pizza, really, um, and it could potentially work. So um, I think that um, sea urchin is where we draw the line. Yeah. Sea urchin or is every like... Time, every time. Like... Every time we draw the line at sea urchin. If you've tried sea urchin and you like it, number one, why? And number two, what are you doing listening to the podcast? You are officially banned from or, listening to the Kindness Project. Or separately... How did you actually happen to get good sea urchin? Well, that, but that's the problem. When you have a bad food, right, is it because it's a bad food because it's prepared or cooked badly, or is it a bad food because it just tastes like absolute rubbish? Well, I saw them making sea urchin on a cooking show the other day, and I was like, but sea urchin's disgusting. So I was thinking, well, maybe it was just prepared wrong, and that's why we yeah. didn't like it. So. <laughs> well, because it was prepared on a grill in a, <laughs> in a Japanese marketplace. marketplace. Um, anyway, on that note, should we get on with the show? So our uh, esteemed guest this week is Serena. Serena um, is a fellow financial advisor, financial planner, a amazing lady who, um, during our interview, said to us that she's a fan of the Kindness Project. She, when we were doing our Facebook lives during lockdown, she, she used to. Fun, I remember. She, she used to listen you all the time. You butchered her name. I, I, you know what? I always butcher Serena's name. That's why I'm not mentioning her surname today. <laughs> um, but Serena is an amazing lady. Um, work does loads of really work. Uh, good work super kind does loads of work <laughs> works um, does does loads of really good work super kind um, but she came on to talk to us about a hygiene bank um, and it was a 
well, I remember it was an issue that I knew very little about. Yeah. Um, you know, hygiene, poverty. So I really enjoyed um, learning about it, um, but also understanding a bit more about the issues and actually what we can do about it. So um, part one of Serena's interview is coming up right now. Hope you enjoy it. I'm sure you will. We did this one together. We which did. Is, which I is actually a, got involved in this one. Yeah, which is a nice one. So enjoy it, the first part of the interview. Hi, Serena. Thanks for joining the podcast. We really appreciate it. And we, before we came on for the interview, you said some amazingly lovely things about the podcast. So thank you. We appreciate it. Do you want me to say them again so you know? <laughs> Go on, then. Go on, you why know. not? <laughs> I'm just saying, and it's the honest to God truth. So this isn't this is no word of a fib. When you contacted me the day, I was I was really quite excited because in early first lockdown, yours was the only thing I could get into. It was my treat. Every day I would go in the bath, I would listen to you two having a you know lovely time hearing decent people talking about happy things. And I swear I, I was an absolute avid fan. So amazing. Uh, it really meant a lot to me at that point. And I know you may think I'm hamming that up, but it's it's the honest to God truth. I'm so glad. And you might be the first person who's admitted to listening to us in the bath. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, people probably do. No, no, no. no. I was like, woman who told us she listened to us in bed. That 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 was an email I had to delete. Anyway. Um, I did have to double check, though, you know, because it's a lie when it said live. So the first couple of times I did watch it fully first, just in case. <laughs> yeah, we, we're not beaming into your room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and now I've got an image of you fully dressed in the bath for some weird reason. That that that's kind of better image. stick with that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the reason that I wanted to um, and and again. When you were getting involved uh, uh, during lockdown one, one of the things that I always got wrong is your name. Yeah. So help us understand, because you've got this amazingly Dutch-sounding name that I always get wrong. So we do. is that your name? Have you changed your name? What, what, help me understand the name thing. Oh, you're going to feel really bad now when you ask me, because it's, it's my married name, but I'm divorced. Okay. okay. Then you're going to go, oh, no. She's a single mother. Now I feel really bad asking about the names. But I did, I kept the name. It's quite my business name. Right. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. and also, I didn't want a different surname to my daughter. Yeah. So I've funny. been divorced a long time, uh, yeah. but I kept the name because, well, I've, I liked it. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's not a bad name. And it's funky. It's, it's, it's a funky name. And how do you pronounce it? You pronounce it Fonda Merlin. It basically means Miller. Mm. From the moment. Yeah. yeah. So, and our surname's Dutch as well. It's Dutch. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, we've, we've got. I don't know what it means, though. It's just there. I don't know. It's just there. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> it's I, just I, at the end of every email I write. But the but... challenge you've got with having an unusual surname is nobody gets it right. So, we've talked about in the podcast I before. I actually had to correct my maths teacher today on how it was said. Did, did he say Deems? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I've had letters through the post saying Chris Dreams. Chris Dooms, like loads of different things. Did they write out wrong on Mum's um, record when she was in hospital? I think me. Yeah, I, th- I think they no, did. No, was yeah. it me or Sife? It was Sife. It was Sife. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, so so yeah, we've cleared the we've cleared the name out. Yeah. I'm going to avoid any embarrassment and just call you Serena. That'd be easy. <laughs> um, so tell us, tell us a bit about you. Well, that's not overly interesting, uh, but if you wish, um, I'm. Uh, 
currently on the very wrong side of 40 now. Uh, mother to a 16-year-old. Okay. Uh, mother to two dogs who are terribly spoilt. And I also own a financial planning company. Yeah. <laughs> which, of course, is how you and I first connected. Uh, yeah. connected. So that is about as exciting as it gets. There is no other time. It's actually very exciting so, compared to, like, my life. I, I don't leave the house. <laughs> I, no, I go, Charlotte, I go, Charlotte, nobody leaves the house. Yeah, but before, I didn't leave the house because... I just didn't want to. I was content to stay home yeah. with a book. Well, it was funny because I'm running. Like, we'll, we'll get onto the interview in a minute, but I'm running. I'm running a webinar next week, and Russell is a bit of a homebody as well. And um, we were using Russell as our audience, as our test audience to to. And, we, and the and the webinar was about navigating change in 2020. And so I asked Russell what the biggest change was in 2020, considering there was a global pandemic. Is that Answer was none really. I've just stayed at home the same as the old Do you know the honest, honest truth? They're really quite amusing. My daughter has loads of mental health issues and physical health issues, and actually, she's been out of the house far more since lockdown. Yeah, because the yeah. pressure was off her to go out of the house. Yeah, there's no expectation. Yeah. There's no expectation. So actually going for a walk now or going to the shop with me or any of those things, she's now very often able to do quite happily. Whereas before lockdown, that was like her idea of health. Yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that makes sense. And, and I thought that was quite a bizarre concept. And then obviously I, I follow certain people on social media who have similar family uh, issues with health. And actually it's been quite common. Because the pressure was off and, you know, it's a lot emptier outside and everything else, a lot of people have found that it's easier to be outside. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I, I found that as well because you remember before, I only used to go out if I had a reason to go out because I just, I wasn't a big fan of crowded spaces and there's, just, there's, less, there's, there's less people. I can just... We have we we have Ingeborne. Uh, it's a hill just to the back of us. <laughs> I say Ingeborne because everyone in the area, if you say Ingeborne, they know what you're talking about. Um, There's a county park at the back, and, and we, you, I, I just go and sit at the top. And they're just going to chill, you know watch the, the sunset. The view from the top is amazing. Yeah, and there's yeah, just really, people. Really and they, yeah. I, they can't bother me when I'm on my own. <laughs> you do realise now half of Britain will be there. <laughs> because yeah, yeah, exactly. our, our, our podcast isn't that popular. Funny enough, though, Russ did say that we had a... Where was our, where was our listener on Christmas Day, Russ? It was we had a few Eritrea. Eritrea and Russell was really impressed by there was somebody in Eritrea listening to yeah, us. Let me that's just, really exciting. Yeah. Still on my phone. So uh, that that's you. Talk to me a little bit about the two dogs because we've got one, um, but I am being lobbied at the minute to get an extra one, and I'm I'm not keen. Did you did you not know that? No. So so we're not doing it. Oh. So <laughs> Sophie wants to get an extra dog. So why two? And what have you got? And, well, it's a great story, actually. So I bought the first dog when my daughter's sister was due to be born in Holland when she was when Natania was five. Okay. Because I didn't want her to feel, you know, excluded away from her siblings. I bought a dog. And then the week the second sister was due to be born a few years later. She went to school and she went, you do know I'm due another dog. And I was like, yeah, you are so not getting another dog this week. <laughs> That day, my mum found a dog that had been living rough. Right. And with my daughter's allergies, it was one of the breeds we could have. It was a Bichon. 
anyway, so we took it in. We called the kennels and they said, could you foster it, please? Because uh, we've got kennel coughing. And I said, yeah, yeah, no problem. And he became ours. Nobody claimed him. Nobody in the country wanted him. I contacted every Bichon owner and you, you name it. And so actually he was sent to us, I believe. Oh, amazing story. And he's still a pain in the neck after eight years. <laughs> we, we've, we've got a bit of a bin dip at our dog. Our dog loves a uh, loves mm-hmm. dip in the bins. But the story, and I don't know if we've ever shared this on the podcast. Of his name? Uh, no, no, not of his name, of, of how we got to get him. So oh, right. Char- Charlotte was eight. I don't know, something like that. No, so, no, because... So was eight when I was sixteen, so she was half my age. Yeah. So I would have so, been ten when we got. Yeah, but but yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte, when Charlotte was seven or eight, she said to she said to me and Cassie, oh, uh, "What do you want for?" Uh, we asked, "What do you want for Christmas?" She went, "I want a baby sister." <laughs> now, at, the time, at the time, we didn't think we could have any more children because there was some medical stuff going on. Um, a year later, uh, uh, we found out. Uh, and uh, Sophie came along. And um, uh, the next year, uh, we said to Charlotte, what do you want for Christmas? You went, a dog. I went, definitely not getting a dog. Definitely not getting... Yeah, but Dad, you said that about the sister. Um, so I, I, just, I, I, I didn't have an answer to that, really. Um, so I... Uh, yeah, so that, that's... We've got a dog now. And then a bit later, you said, if you can raise the money to get it, We'll get it. I was, and 18 months later, I, was, I had a I, I, I was trying to. I was trying to make it so difficult to get. I was like, right, if you raise the money uh, to afford to do it. And she, like, you went out cupcake selling and doing loads of different stuff to raise the money. I love it. And, of course, as a financial planner father, you clearly wanted to just create that incentive for her. You weren't trying to dissuade her altogether. Now I'm a squirrel. Should we say that, Serena? Yeah, let's say it. I mean, we can. (laughs) Now I just don't spend money. Yeah. Yeah. Now you you save everything. Definitely get the second dog. They're pack animals. Then you don't feel guilty if you have to go somewhere. He says he doesn't like it, but I come down and they they lay on the sofa and curl up together, just him and the dog, and it's like... (laughs) It is true. I thought thought my dog was really happy until I got my second one. And then I realised how he was properly content with another dog in the house. Yeah, okay. But don't uh, feel bad, eh? No, no, no persuaded. <laughs> Charlotte, I'll send you the 140 quid. <laughs> I've got the 140 quid. That's squirrely. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, right, should we move on to the dog <laughs> issue very quickly? Because I, I'm definitely not talking about that again. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the work you do with the hygiene bank. So... I became involved uh, in May 2019, and it had been set up at the end of 2018 uh, by our founder, Lizzie Hall. Uh, do you want to know how it was set up? Because it's quite, it quite a good one. Yeah. So the Hygiene Bank is a charity, and we collect and distribute hygiene products to uh, community partners such as food banks, etc., um, to distribute them to people living in poverty. Yeah. But it was set up because our founder watched a film called I, Daniel Blake. Yes, I've seen it, actually. It's Ken, yeah. uh, Ken Lunch, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So, she, you know, the, there's a scene in it where the mother gets caught shoplifting, and actually what she shoplifted is really basic hygiene stuff. Yeah. yeah. So 
she went to a local food bank and they basically said, you know, yeah, we do get we do get toiletries, but ad hoc. So she contacted various friends and they were telling stories of what happens in schools and all sorts. So she sent a WhatsApp group uh, a message saying this is she's going to collect some stuff. And that's where it started. And two years later, there's 150 projects across the UK. <laughs> um, there are. I wrote it down because I couldn't remember. Mm, did I get in about? Oh, yeah. 1,445 community partners that we support across the country. I only found that out today. I wasn't sure how many. And, and I, so when was the when was the charity launch? A couple of years ago? I think December 18. So that's an amazing amount of progress in quite a short space of time, right? Huge. We did 350 tonnes across the UK distribution last year, which is seven times the year before. And, and I know I, 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 this is going to be a bit of a strange question, but does that include sanitary products as yeah. well for women's sanitary? And because yeah. sanitary women's health is a bit of an issue, isn't it, in the UK in terms of... Huge issue. Huge yeah. issue. Actually, wasn't there that thing in Scotland where they were making them like more readily available? To yeah, I, th- I think they did, but I don't think in, in England they no, did. It so, no, they so. didn't. What they have done here, and this is a, a really good thing, is each school is now entitled to an allocation of funds for it, okay. which, is a st- which is a start because we were hearing stories so often of children missing school, uh, women missing work, yeah, because they just haven't got anything to use. Yeah. Um, and you know yourself, well, you don't, Chris, I assume, uh, but I'm assuming Charlotte, uh, you can't live like that. You yeah. can't You can't work in everyday society without access to those things. Yeah, 100%. So how did you get involved? Well, I, uh, I was doing stuff by myself uh, from the business and from home, uh, trying to get schools to recycle uniforms and football clubs to recycle boots, things like that. And then I was on Instagram in May 19, and I saw that one of my friends was a collection point for Hygiene Bank, and I was like, I've never heard of this, so had a little look, contacted Lizzie within a nanosecond, and then she was like, oh, we've got a project opened in Doncaster now. So then uh, Joe contacted me, who'd set it up in the January, and she said, well, what do you think you do? I said, well, I could certainly do an hour or two a week. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I've been duped. <laughs> you need to talk to Russell because Russell was Russell started working with me. I said, "Look, come on, Bold, you've only got a couple of jobs to do." And there he's like, he, run, he runs half my life, doesn't he? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, yeah. So, so the time commitment's been uh, extensive, is it? The, the time commitment has been quite truthfully exhausting for all of us. Um, we must love it, right? I mean, we, we so, love what we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's really overwhelming. So the first year, so I, I got on board on the in the May. By Christmas, we distributed a ton um, because we'd we'd got the floods in Doncaster that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fortunately, we got loads of donations in. People were amazing, you know, mops and you name it, we got it in. Yeah. Um, and we we tried really hard to help the flood effort. And that was great. So then we said. Oh, can you imagine if next year we do two tons? You know, we were like really pushing it, and then actually we did nearly forty-six. <laughs> That's amazing, right? And how do you? So you partner with who to 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 get this stuff? And it's, across, 
It's across the board. So we've got, I think we've got 12 collection points across Dogster. Yep. Um, you know, uh, jet petrol stations, uh, my office, in all different places. And we've got collection hubs, uh, collection hubs. So oh, and most of the boots stores as well. Right. They've been amazing because we've we've obviously had a lot of help from them. But that's and then buying buying some hygiene products, but also giving some hygiene products, right? Yeah, yeah. So especially on things like three for twos, love a three for two. <laughs> uh, get the two. You know what's not great? Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a tangent as we normally do. Not good boot sandwich. I mean, they're they're clearly they're clearly great at helping you guys out. Don't go in for a boot sandwich. Get your hygiene products there because they're helping to read so she ain't great either. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Boots. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. sorry. Don't we like yeah. to food I'm so not making a comment on that as I love Boots for all their support. So I'm sure that Sammy does a fabulous thank you. Thank you, Boots. Thank you, Boots, for all the work you, you know, do with Serena. Give that prawn sandwich a bit of work. Do me a favour. Anyway, <laughs> Boots. How amazing are Boots? <laughs> but it's not just it's like Boots and Boots. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> just wind up the people that are really helping us. Oh, oh, you know what? You know what? We get ourselves in trouble in this podcast, don't we? We love Boots. <laughs> we think Boots are great. Moving very swiftly on. So... <laughs> Quickly moving away from that. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up after the end of this interview with another dog being banned from my local boots. And I mean, genuinely, these are meant to be like good experiences. And like, what are you doing to me? Although, what is good? There's been proven just this um, interview episode. Whatever. How much goodness spreads? taking us away from boots topic Let's thank you <laughs> that's right that growth of the um, hygiene bench shows that doesn't it so if you think about the numbers they go from one yeah. to 46 yeah yeah was yeah. it 46 or 40 yeah so so you're collecting stuff from so we collect stuff from all over right distributed so then we collect it all in but not just that way people have we have amazon wish lists just giving right. brand donations we, I tell you what else we really love is, you know, if um, a, a shop is closing or changing a branding, so we try and stop things going to landfill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually cheaper to give it to us than to pay for the landfill. Right. We love all of that. Um, we then collect it in, we sort it, and we distribute it across Doncaster. Yeah. So each town and city does exactly the same thing. And at the moment, we distribute to, as I say, 42 different community partners across town. Yeah. Uh, that's food banks, schools, women's refuges, you, you name it. Uh, anybody who is helping people in hygiene poverty. And does, does demand always outweigh supply? You know, could you could you do 100 tonnes and it wouldn't be enough? You know, what, yes. what, what sort of... Yeah. yeah, I would say that's an absolute definite. Yeah. I mean, we were really lucky. At the end of last year, we got some grant funding, COVID grant funding. We've got some again now for three months, which is brilliant. And that will make a massive help. It will help us. But the demand is just all day, every day. Yeah, it's a lot. Talk to me a little bit about COVID and how it's impacted the the charity. I think the thing is, in Dogster, from from memory, I think 34% of children were seen to be living in, in poverty. Okay. Quite high. And actually, a lot of the people that are in poverty 
are working. So people's concept of what's the issue isn't always the issue. Yeah. Very often we get pleas for help directly from the public, which we then have to we have to then um, guide them to someone who can receive from us, you know, such as their food bank or their school, etc. And um, what we're seeing there is the people who were already living hand to mouth are now desperate because look at furlough. I mean, furlough was was a godsend for many of us. You know, of course it was. 80% is far better than nothing. But when you are living hand to mouth, a 20% drop. Yeah. What do you then do? Do you choose food or do you choose to wash yourself? Yeah. And then if you're made unemployed and you can't wash your clothes, how well are you going to do in an interview if you know you smell? And it really is that brutal. Yeah. So that was the first part of Serena's interview. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as as much as we did. Um, shall we get on with the end of the show? Let's do it. Tis the end of another podcast. But the end is never really the end because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new. And I'm waffling now <laughs> while he opens a page. Um, yeah, the the end is never the end, but it is the beginning of the end because we are answering last week's question of the podcast this week. And we had a really popular showing for this particular um, this particular one because I think people like to share what they're really good at trivia-wise. So we had loads of oh, answers. We talking about this last well, I mean, I mean, the fact that you're, um, you told me you changed your name to Chicken Nuggets by Deepol, and your specialist subject was Happy Meals. Do you want to give it another go? We're going to give it another go before we start. Okay, um, you're in the black chair. The music started. Boom, 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 boom. The lights are on. Name? <laughs> no. <laughs> Name? No. Specialist subject? Denial. <laughs> right. You're not taking this seriously enough, I can't be honest. No. Let me give you let me let me give you one more attempt. <laughs> do, 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 do. And please welcome our next entrant to the black chair. Name? Charlotte. <laughs> oh, she got it right. Um Especially subject? Naps. <laughs> Naps! I think you'd be good at that one, Naps. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's... Answer these questions. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the first person to ever... <laughs> Charlotte, wake up! Um, <laughs> I'm showing my skill. But it's not it's not the Krypton Factor, is it? You know, did you do you, did you ever re- you don't remember the Krypton Factor, do you? No. Oh, the Krypton Factor was amazing because they had um, an assault course, an observation round where you had to watch a video, and then it was like sort of like answer questions based on the video. So it was all like skill and knowledge, uh, uh, skill and like skill based and like perception based like and stuff like yards. that. <laughs> No. Um, uh, anyway. I like footballards. Anyway, um, I think the the question of the podcast next week is going to be related to have we had what's your favourite game show or quiz show? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. We've had a lot of questions. I like anyway, anyway, footballard is quite good fun. Um, anyway, next, did you did you know? Right, let me just uh, we'll get on to the answer to the question of the podcast in a minute. Cassie. Uh, 
my wife and your mum, we know her, and I'm just explaining to the audience who she is, um, sent me a, because you were toying with the idea of going to university in Portsmouth at one stage, um, and Cassie sent me um, a link to a property in Portsmouth. Um, it was um, an ex-oil rig that looked very much like Fort, Fort Bayard. <laughs> Did you know this? Yeah. Off, off the coast of uh, Portsmouth, so you'd have to get an helicopter into university <laughs> every day. Um, eight million quid. When I was thinking of buying you a student flat or getting you some student accommodation, that wasn't on my plan. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to Portsmouth anymore. I'm going to Strathclyde. I know, and I, I. You know what? I, for one, am pleased that you're making that decision because I think as a, as a um, opportunity to. It's have a really amazing life experience. I think it's going to be really good. It got a bit serious, didn't it? Um, anyway, that's not all. That's not all. That's, um, that's not our bag. No. So uh, Francis Barrett said her specialist subject would be eighties music. Uh, Roberta White said her specialist subject would be Harry Potter books. David Bowley said good question, but didn't answer it. Um, <laughs> good question, <laughs> uh, David. Uh, what's your uh, name, David Bowley? Um, especially the subject. Good question. <laughs> okay. What's your specialist subject then? Uh, uh, oh, my specialist subject is good questions. I, I only answer good questions. Uh, first question: um, What is the capital of um, uh, Nigeria? Oh, that's a rubbish question. Sorry, I'm not answering that. Give me a good question. <laughs> Second question: Who was the queen in uh, or, or king in um, 1572? Don't like that question either, mate. You need to get better at your questions. Mike Christie had three answers because um, he'd really thought about this. He'd, his first specialty subject would be friends. Mm. And I don't know whether he's talking about just his friends or the <laughs> sitcom friends. Hi, I'd um, like to talk about my friends now. I'm very um, proud of them. Good job, guys. Um, uh, you exist. Second specialty subject would be the IT crowd. Now, you like the, the IT, IT crowd. crowd. I don't like friends, though. <laughs> and he said, Zach, uh, last specialist subject will be Liverpool FC 1986 onwards. Steve Dan said, only fools and horses. John Cook said, um, you actually have to choose three in case you make the final. He'd go, UK number one sing singles 1960 to 1999, Doctor Who 1970 to 1981, and the World Snooker Championships 1976. Sickness to present. Yes, I've thought about this a lot. Um, Marco Alleran had a great answer. Uh, number one, the life and times of Marco Alleran. <laughs> number two, things I've found in my pockets. <laughs> and number three, kebab shops near me. That is a genius answer. Absolute genius. Uh, <laughs> Kebab shops near me. Hi, I'm hi. just got this image of like of of um, um, <laughs> um and and there was a comment that said, uh, "Do you want to answer this one?" Uh, John Cook said, "There could be some crossover there." What did you find in your pocket on the morning of Sunday, fifth fifth of April, two thousand sixteen? A kebab, correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've just got um I've just got this image of sort of Mark being in the chair and going, okay, can you tell me the name of the guy who does a Saturday night shift at the uh, Tendori Shish Kebab um, <laughs> at Plasto Road? Um, Al McCann said the Formula One World Championships 1960 to 1990. Jade said... 
Madonna hits 1990-2006, the films of Baz Luhrmann, Doctor Who, The Tenant Years. Oh yeah, I, I might have a bit of that. Steve Chilton said, I'd spend a lot of women with style. Uh, Sam Strong said, take that of friends. Uh, Lucy Patrick said, Disney movies, or just Finding Nemo. Desmond Barker said, the history of Arsenal fo- football club. Nathan Fryer said, Top Gun. Brian Hill said suits. I do like a good suit, but I don't know that much about them. Sorry, that was my own personal comment there, tacked onto the end. Um, I like a good suit. I, I mean, I, I, it's very rare that I wear a suit nowadays. But um, I don't own a I suit. Think, I wish I did, but I don't. I think. Why didn't you go? Why? Why, why didn't you use your money to get a suit? No, because I'm going to buy tickets for a musical. Going a suit. <laughs> then you can combine your two loves musical <laughs> and suits I think Brian was talking about the TV programme oh, um, oh but, but, but that, that's fine <laughs> Justin Gaffney um, said the social and political construction of the commercialisation of male sex work in London 1990 to 2000 you Very win niche. You Very win. Niche. you win the award Mr Gaffney for um, uh the nichest answer we've had. Um, uh, I could I could probably do five or six questions on the history of the British lottery. <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> it's good. Jo- Joshua Joshua Cartwright went for English proverbs and idioms, and that, my friends, is the end of another podcast. Um, thank you for all your contributions. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Kindness Project. We love having you um, uh, with us along our um, nonsensical journeys journey. down Sweet Corn Lane <laughs> in through out um and we hope you have a lovely week bye